I just got stuck in a bogey train. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Bogey Train Podcast. I believe this is episode, wait for it, I'm prepared. I'm definitely prepared. 34. This is episode 34 of the Bogey Train. You heard it here first. I just listened to 33 last week. And uh, we got Jangs eating a filet of fish. I... I cannot believe what I'm seeing right now. I have never seen a human eat one of these in June or any month that's not during Lent, to be quite honest with you. Um, can I can I get the reasoning on this absolutely appalling decision for, for dinner tonight? So, first time I ever had one a couple of years ago during Lent, I thought they were so good. And so now they're like, anytime I get McDonald's, I absolutely 100% have to get a filet of fish. It's actually insane, but they're they're so good. Tartar sauce, the cheese, the bun. It's like it. I mean, I get it's kind of iconic, but it's probably the worst fish sandwich like at at any fast food establishment by far. But I oh, okay. still like it. Oh, okay. I wonder if Culver's, if it's just seasonal, the Culver's Alaskan cod sandwich is just absolutely awesome. Arby's has a really good one, too. But uh, anyway, uh, what else is good? Not a whole lot. Just back for another edition of the bogey train. I... Uh, Kind of earlier this week, I was listening back to a couple older episodes, and I never liked the way I start the show. I feel like every single time that you bring me in, I always say the same exact thing, and I'm getting really kind of sick of it, so I got to change it up somehow. But but we're good. It's uh, It's another week. We're halfway through June. It's... Crazy to think that a month of the summer vacation has gone by, only a month and a half left for us teachers. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of it. I'm repping the new school today. Okay. Go Arrows. There you go, the new school. Yeah. Um. Good. That's that's all good. Should we just should we just get into the U.S. Open? Let's get into it. Yeah. In case uh, you guys didn't know, last week there was this little golf tournament. It's actually the third major of the year. It's called the U.S. Open, uh, the U- U.S. Open Championship, to be specific. Um, Frankly, the fact that we're already done with three of the four majors is kind of sad. I know. I kind of miss the days when we had the uh, the PGA Championship in August. I feel. Like I agree. All the majors getting done in July is just too too quick. I know it all happens too fast. Now we got the players in March, the Masters in April, the PGA in May. Still feels weird. U.S. Open in July and the Open. I mean, we're a month away from having to wait, you know, nine, ten more months for another major. And it feels like the Masters just happened. 
It does. So, it feels like just yesterday, uh, John Rahm was uh, putting the green jacket on. You know, and it's actually, tough because I had one of those moments this week when it was like, oh, crap, the U.S. Opens this week. Like, I literally thought last week Brooks Koepka just won the PGA. Like, yeah, yeah. Been it's been a quick it's getting Turn weird. Around. Yeah, it truly it, it does feel like the PGA, like from the PGA to the US Open, like that that truly felt like there was like one week in between there. Mm-hmm. Uh and then I'm already having moments this year where I can't even remember who won the Masters. And I had that a lot last year too. Apparently, apparently Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm winning the Masters like absolutely did nothing for me emotionally because like I will like on a few different occasions, I've had to really stop and think about it for a few seconds. I'm like, okay, who actually won the Masters? I'm trying to think back, who won all the majors last year? Scotty hmm. at the Masters, mm-hmm. PGA, 2022 PGA. Oh, Justin yep. Thomas, JT playoff. Man, can't yep. wait to talk about that guy. U.S. Open, your boy, Matty Fitz, go Cats, and then good old. Cameron Live Golf Smith at the uh at the open. The Aussie Pedo. Oh, okay. Um US Open. What were your just overall thoughts? How much of it did you get to see? And what are, you know, how how did it leave you feeling? What's your overall takeaway from the US Open? Um I actually got to watch quite a bit of it. My my total golf intake this week. Kind of like with any major, was very high. Uh, usually around the majors, I really try and catch as much as I can. Um, Thursday, didn't get to watch a whole lot just because work and golf league and stuff like that. Just didn't get to catch a whole lot. But Friday, Saturday, well, I'll Sunday, probably have to unsubscribe from the premium cock. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Unless I just have Jeepers. to keep it for the open. Jeepers. Don't even talk to me about the cock right now. Um, anyway. And then on top of watching the golf, uh, you know, taking in some other viewing of things like no laying ups, round by round recaps, which are always a fun listen. Uh, but in total, I took in a good deal of golf content this week. Overall thoughts on the U.S. Open. Um, the tournament itself was was fine. Uh, it was really good, a really good watch. Uh you know, starting in round one, we had some some low scores, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more in depth. Um, and then kind of as the week went on, it got more and more U.S. Open-like, it felt like. Uh, you know, the, the first couple days were were pretty easy, I would say. But you hit Saturday and you hit Sunday. Things got a little bit more difficult. Scores got a little bit higher. Um but obviously, you know, 10 under winning in a U.S. Open is not necessarily ideal. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more. I've got some some talking points that we can get into. But all in all, I mean, I wouldn't rank it a, a 10 out of 10 U.S. Open, but I'd give it a solid, you know, B. I'd give it an 8 out of 10. Um, I don't know. I, I think I was definitely more disappointed than you were. I... First of all, the winner is kind of a kind of a dud. Nothing against Wyndham Clark, but as far as like storylines go and you know, people that have us watching, uh 
Like, let's just say if Wyndham Clark wasn't in the field at the U.S. Open, like, I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we'll get into Wyndham Clark. Uh, but, I mean, just overall from from a pure fan perspective and storylines and narratives and things, that was a little bit uh, a little bit tough. Um, I didn't fall in love with the course like I thought it would or like I thought I would I there was some uh content from from some different outlets that was released prior to the U.S. Open um and there was just like you know detailing some of the history on LACC and um like no laying up like Solly and Tron had a match at LACC and all this sort of stuff and there was just so much hype from from a lot of different um, directions about, you know, this U S open at LACC, like it's just, you know, it's going to be the best golf course they've been to. And ho- however many years, yada, yada, yada. And I just, um, I don't know. It's, it seemed like it fell far short of the hype in my opinion. I don't know if that opinion of mine is screwed or screwed skewed because of the fact that the atmosphere on TV was just so uh, dead. There was just, uh, it just felt like it had no juice at all. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Wyndham Clark hit like a 60 yard slice on his final tee shot and found the fairway. Which yeah, was, don't get too far into that. That's I want to save that when we actually talk about the course. This is just our thoughts right now. Okay, yeah, maybe I'm I'm getting I'm getting overall. So overall, it was it was fine. I always enjoy watching the U.S. Open. Um, you know, I had a I had a very strong rooting interest. I'm sure you guys are aware of, which we will get into. And maybe the fact that that didn't turn out is also skewing my opinion. Uh. But yeah, overall, just a little bit disappointed by the week. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple just to bounce off a couple things you said. Uh, you know, you mentioned Wyndham Clark and kind of the winner being a little bit of a dud. I do remember sending a message out to you, and I sent it to a couple other people as well. Um saying like of the top four on the leaderboard, pretty much all of Saturday, all of Sunday. Uh, there was two guys I really wanted to win. There was one guy I didn't really care about. And there was one guy I absolutely, absolutely did not want to win. Um, you know, Rory and Ricky, I would have been completely fine with either of them winning. Obviously I have been a Ricky Stan since he was wearing all the orange and, you know, playing Titleist clubs back in the Walker cup days. <clears throat> Rory it would have been really cool to see him get another major, Wyndham Clark, I, mean, I just don't really care about him. He's not really a needle mover for me. I don't hate him, but I just I'm not really a fan of him. Hey, did uh, you know that he and Ricky are using the same putter? Yeah, I only heard it about seventeen thousand times on the coverage, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and then lastly, Scotty, like I just I don't know why I like Scotty. I just didn't want him to win. Like it was just, I, I just did not want him to win the U.S. Open. It's probably because the other guys were up there. Like, had Ricky and Rory not been in the mix, I probably would have rather had Scotty win than Wyndham Clark. But 
I don't know. It was I just was rooting against Scotty. Uh really all of Saturday and all of Sunday. But uh let's let's dive into the course first of all. Um so the US Open this year is at Los Angeles Country Club. Uh first time ever hosting the US Open. Uh possibly maybe might be the only time they ever host the US Open. Uh, Slated for 2039. At they are point. scheduled to go back in 2039, but uh, after also, this week. One thing I learned, sorry to interrupt, yesterday, is that they have they have the 2051 U.S. Open venue already scheduled. I think they have them out to like, 20, like 2060. I thought 2051 is the farthest one out I saw. Is but that I was the like, Pinehurst one? Oh my one? gosh, like. No, 2051 is Oakland Hills. Oh, I think they have a Pinehurst one scheduled in like 2060. 2050 is Marion. But anyway. See, that's the place I want. They're going back to Marion in like 2030, aren't they? I think 2030 and 2050. It needs to be sooner than that. But um, anyway, LACC, first time hosting the U.S. Open. They're scheduled to go back in 2039. Uh, After this week, I'm sure there will be some discussions about that. Kind of looking at pros and cons of the course. Um, you know, for me, the pros, I think it's a, I think it was a really cool track. I think it was a really cool course. You kind of mentioned that it was really hyped up leading up to the U.S. Open. And I definitely agree with that, you know, between different uh, golf content providers, um, whether it be Golf Digest or like a no laying up, just anywhere you can read or listen to golf content was really hyping up the course and it, it looked really cool. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of different. Uh, you've got all this, this long wispy fescue grass around the, the bunkers. You've got these barrancas that are all over the course. Um, you know, the course itself, just looking at, images of it it looked really cool and i was really excited for that and that kind of that kind of lived up to my expectations um i thought the coverage i mean the coverage itself wasn't good but i thought looking at the course on the coverage it was you know it looked really cool um and another pro i thought it it could play difficult we kind of saw it the last the last couple days um you know, you look at Wyndham Clark, shot one under, rounds three and four combined. Same with Rory. Uh, Scotty was two under. I mean, a lot of your guys at the top of the leaderboard, with the exception of Tommy Fleetwood, really kind of hovered around that even par mark for the weekend uh, as the course started getting more difficult, kind of dried out a little bit. Um, so I thought the course was, was really difficult, uh, especially if you were – you know, missing fairways, um, you're hitting it in the wrong spot. You could definitely find yourself making bogeys or potentially worse. Uh, and at the same time, it kind of rewarded really good play. You know, we had some really low scores out there, guys playing really well uh, and shooting really well. And that's that was kind of something that I I thought was really neat. You know, if you're if you're on your game, you can throw some birdies down, uh, especially on that front nine. And on the back nine, if you're not on your game, you can definitely make some bogeys or worse. So that's kind of my my pros from the course. 
Nick, what are your uh, your thoughts on anything I just said? Well, before that, we have breaking news. Darth Vader. An average John has just entered. Uh, has just entered the the chat here. Um, Bellas, how is it going? What's going on, boys? Oh, you know, just talking LACC. Let's go. U.S. Open, um, baby. Yeah, so I was I was just about to get to my uh, my positives from LACC. Um, so similar to what you said, Jangs, uh, I guess the way we saw it playing in the afternoons on the weekend, I thought was was pretty good. Uh, if you if you played well, you could, you know, see some birdies out there. But it was uh, Saturday and Sunday afternoon. It was just very, very difficult to uh, get close to those flags, even if you were in the fairway. Uh, you know, birdies were getting pretty tough to come by, which was which was good to see. I really like the like some of the aesthetics of the course. Uh, it's a little bit different. I like that the USGA went a little outside the box, going somewhere they've never been. And, uh, you know, the look of the clubhouse behind the ninth and the 18th is is sweet. I think that's a, um, that's a super cool backdrop. Um, a couple of the holes I expected to like 15 a little bit more than I did. Um, it didn't quite probably play up to the hype that, that there was before the event. Um, six, I thought I really liked how whole six played. Uh, whole eight was pretty good. Um, I mean, yeah, there, there were definitely some positives. It was, it was a pretty fun course to watch. Um, I didn't mind the low scores. Uh, part of that was just due to factors that you can't control. Like the first uh, day and a half of the tournament, the Marine layer was in, it was just playing softer and there wasn't a whole lot of wind. That's nothing they can control. Um, I know a lot of people were absolutely furious to see some of the low scores. I didn't really mind. I figured it, the sun would come out. It would, it would firm up and it would play fine throughout the weekend. It's um, you know, it's not like it has to be just instant carnage from Thursday morning and with as good as the pros are, it, it's it's hard to keep them around even par without doing some stuff that's pretty tricked up and uh, out there. But um, yeah, there were a couple holes that I didn't like. Uh, for example, uh, probably the most glaring. A uh, couple examples. Uh, one of the one of them is hole three. Uh, really dumb how all of the tee shots just funnel to the same exact spot. Um, and we talked about earlier, hole 18 played way too wide. Uh, you can't, you can't have the 72nd hole, uh, at a major, you know, a par four with the fairway that's 58 yards wide. In my opinion, that just can't, that just can't really happen. Uh, so that was just some of the negatives, and then some of my positives. I'll just throw it over to Noah. What are your uh, first of all? How much of the U.S. Open did you get to see? Uh, what were your overall oh, thoughts? Man. And and what are your what are your thoughts of LACC? Let's see. I watched a lot. We watched. Um, I was watching. I guess pretty much all the weekend. So, like from from Saturday, Saturday from probably 
three on and then Sunday from probably all day, watched all day Sunday. But it was kind of nice because it was uh, West Coast. So, like, we, I could get off work and still watch, like, after my shift. Yeah. Because they're, yeah, like, nice. I don't know if you guys know how time zones work, but it's earlier in the day over there. So, so that's how that kind of works. Um, so, that was nice. Got to watch some golf. Saturday but, was way too late. I don't know if we were going <laughs> to get into this. Maybe we yeah. were, but... Then they uh, yeah they teed off at like six thirty right the leaders they teed off at they teed off at three forty their time they got done at like eleven oh. o'clock central yeah I was up late like Saturday I almost missed church on Sunday because of it I yeah, was, I got up so late on Sunday morning I had to go to the Circle K for breakfast on the way to church. I got a little muffin and a little Circle K coffee. That was pretty good. Um, I feel like usually you go to a Circle something else, but this is a Circle time. Yeah, that. But this is a family show. <laughs> um, a Caleb Jansen. Um, let's see. Pa- pauses of the course. I thought it was like one of the most fun courses to watch. There's so much variety out there. I loved the par threes. I thought that yeah, I I did not. Most of the par fours were cool. The par fives are really cool. I wish like the the course. I I, I feel like from the pictures. I've never been there, but from pictures I've seen and how much I've heard, like the lead shaper that I'm working with was one of Gil Hans's shapers when they redid the course. And she's like, that's one of the, she, it's her number one course in the United States. Mm. So I kind of wish the, like, I feel like the course didn't translate to TV as well as it could have. I've, I've it been looks. hearing that a lot from people who have played it themselves. Um, sure. That, it just didn't you just didn't quite see on tv yeah. like the sort of the magnificence of it wherever like wherever the cameras were put like just didn't quite show how cool it was but it, you can still see some cool shots like 11 behind 11 you see downtown la which is sweet um yeah. got the playboy mansion they're they're just they're always they're always talking about like the buildings around the course dude i know they could not oh yeah like sunset boulevard is a lob oh my gosh i i was i was gonna bring that up later when we talked about the coverage it's like dude Uh, maybe some people eat that up like i literally could not care less what what mansions are around the course like or like how many times i had to hear about sunset boulevard it's (laughs) like dude who cares ah, Seriously, show golf shots. That's <laughs> all I want to see. So how about how did you guys feel like feel about it being on Peacock? Well, we'll get into the coverage in a little bit. All right. Well, we'll, um, uh, we'll wait. I didn't get to share my cons, Nick. You kind of went pros and cons. My cons, pretty similar to yours. There were some holes there that were just stupid. You mentioned three. How everything funnels in, like. The fact that none of the leaders on Sunday had to hit out of a divot, I think Rory almost did, but it like rolled out the back of it. 
Um, it's just dumb. It's just so stupid. What did you not like about that hole? Just all the tee shots that, the same the, area? Everything funneled in the same area. Like you all have right. a 150 yard that. wide gap to hit it and it'll just end up in the middle. 18, you mentioned. Why the flipping heck is the 18th fairway 58 yards wide? I mean, that tracer on Wyndham Clark's tee ball, I thought we had Mito Pereira part two going on where that's going to go so far right into the Barranca. And it's like not even like it was probably five or six paces off the right edge of the fairway. I, I could not believe my eyes when I saw that land in the fairway. Like I thought the tracer was wrong. I was just like TC mentioned it on, on no laying up, but I was, I was sick to my stomach. I was like, what on earth? That was a disgrace. That thing should have been spinning off the planet. Like, honestly, that is just such a terrible finishing hole. I, I, I don't know because, you know, there's a lot, a lot of people that might defend that and say, well, it matters what, like, you know, the angles matter. It matters what side of the fairway. I don't want to hear a single word about angles ever again. I heard angles so god darn much. Well, that's that's how they made tournament. I I don't want to hear it ever again. I mean, that's just how they made courses in the early 1900s. Like that's how that's how George Thomas made courses. That's what they were thinking about. That's what mattered back. You know, when golf when they were running the ball at Honda Greens. Yeah, here's the thing. Angles don't actually matter. I mean, they kind of... Uh, I disagree. It, it was way overplayed this week. Um, you know, a lot of people were saying, yeah, the fairways are wide, but but the angles matter. You got to be in the right part. Of th- no. All the, all the pros that are hitting the tee shots, all they care about is if their tee shot ends up in the fairway or not. Yes, for sure. They, for sure. They're not playing to angles. They are trying and- to hit it in the fairway. Angles matter when you're in the rough. That is true. So, but there is true. no rough on 18 for you to hit it in. So, why does the angle even matter? All right, well, there that's is one wall though. Yeah, and it's yeah. the most important hole of the tournament. You're just mad that it's the last hole on the course. And you should think that the last that was- hole of the entire tournament should come down to some dramatic finish, not oh, let me just slap dick this around into a 58 yard wide fairway. Where there's just no potential to miss. Like, All you right. could take Nico right. Pereira's shot from last year, no, I, I and that'll point. end up closer to the center of the fairway than Wyndham's did. No, I, I get your point. What's what's your well, what's your ideal solution for that? Don't Roll play the sport. rough in. Just, just move the rough in. Move the rough in. Don't make That's it 58 I mean, yards wide. Yeah, on that, on that hole, just a little bit. Yeah, I mean... It's and especially because most people maybe cheering against Wyndham was is a strong term, but like we're cheering for Rory at that point. Uh, just the fact that he hits this big old slice and it looks like maybe there's a little bit of hope and then it just plops down in the fairway. Yeah, it was just a it was just a pretty funny scene. It was sickening. Speaking of people there cheering for Rory, how many people were actually there? Because the fan atmosphere was just hot garbage. 
Okay, yeah, and we should get we should get into this now. Everything um, behind that. Also I mean, this. you you disagree with there being four thousand fans on the grounds for the final round? I had no issue with the amount of fans on the course. Oh, okay. I think at this point you are just allowing your your You're love doing for the LAC. live golf thing again. You're I'm allowing, not, you're allowing no, no, no. your love for boys. LACC to cloud nice. your judgment boys. on this topic. Boys, it boys. is a universally boys, boys, boys. recognized fact that the atmosphere was atrocious at this U.S. Open. All right, go go ahead with your with your point, and then I'll then then I'll talk. To so, whatever you from from a pure golf course architecture perspective. And the way it played and everything, you could probably make a case that this was a really good U.S. Open and that they should come back um, from an entertainment, like a like a atmosphere and fan and entertainment perspective. I don't think they should. It just should not happen. They should not go back to LACC. I, that is because of the amount of fans on the TV that you're watching it on. Dude, That's it is mind blowing. The, the way the whole ticket situation was handled, and we we haven't even gotten into that, was was honestly disgusting and not fitting for our national championship. That's so, that's all I'm gonna say. If you're if you're not aware of the ticket situation, um, twenty three thousand tickets were made for sale to the general public per day from the the USGA. Of that 23,000 tickets, 14,000 of those were for corporate hospitality. So you're down to 9,000 tickets. For yeah, they're um, like grounds, like general admission. Yeah. Uh of that fourth or of that 9,000, uh, just yeah, over half of them You could walk around still if you have a hospitality ticket. Just just over half of those 5,000 or 9,000 were bought by members of LACC. So you're looking at like four to 5,000 tickets actually available per day for actual golf fans who want to spectate this tournament to get tickets. And yeah. That, go. that aren't either well, getting that aren't either getting corporate VIP or membership of LACC. And it was reported by Joel Beal that LACC tried to buy all of the remaining general admission uh, tickets. So, uh, it was it was as if LACC just did not want people on their course. Is 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 definitely what it felt like, and to me, that is just antithetical to what our national championship should be. All right, the floor is okay. yours, Noah. Sure, that's fair. The argument is very fair. I I didn't know that's the situation. My here's my point. My point is not that I'm okay with them like taking all the tickets away from the general golf fan, even though I would never at this point in my life, even think about buying a ticket at that price. But my point is I don't really care what number of fans I'm seeing on TV on the course. Like that doesn't bother me. Like if there's fewer fans on my television, who cares? I, I, I completely care. On that, Saturday, is that, you're, is that what you're thinking about when you're watching the tournament? I wish there yes. were more people watching. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yes, on Why? Saturday on, on the thirteenth hole. On Saturday on the thirteenth hole, 
Ricky yeah. made a 70 footer for birdie and it legitimately sounded like it, it, sounded it was like, exa- it was like, sounded exactly the same as when there's a birdie at on the NCAAs at Greyhawk. Like, and on top of that, you would not have known what just happened. It was like a, it was like a just yay when Scotty holes out from like 200 on 17 for Eagle. Like there's there's just no roar. There were some holes that were a loud, lot louder than others. Yeah, where the corporate hospitality was. Yeah. I on, I also I heard uh, on the ground that uh, there was so on the 18th hole. Uh, I think this was Sunday when Rory had his long, like a 41 footer for birdie to, to tie at 10 under, um, you know, he just missed it like a foot short or whatever it was. And, you know, the crowd, you know, groaned or whatever. Well, apparently 20 to 30 seconds later, you could hear a big groan from inside the corporate hospitality tent. It's like, <laughs> Everyone's like, watching. All, all, all these people are there but they're not even watching the golf. Like they're watching the golf on TV from on the mm-hmm. grounds at LACC when the second to last group is playing the 72nd hole. I mean, this is just, no, absolutely not. That was, and it, it was, it's not just, you know, people watching on TV or fans on the ground that are saying this. I mean, there were players saying this, Matt Fitzpatrick reigning U S open champ said, said the atmosphere was, what was the, what was his term? Like very poor, or something uh i don't remember the exact quote but i mean he won last year at boston they only had i think like twenty eight thousand per day so it wasn't you know total people on the ground wasn't that much higher than here but the atmosphere was just night and day from what i've heard uh boston versus la that's such a i i, I don't know why it just feels like such a bizarre critique of the tournament to me I don't know. I, I mean, it's just I imagine watching the Masters and they're just not being a roar as Tiger's making a run. Like it's just now there's there's it's one, what makes it what's what makes the whole the whole experience. So so LACC. you would rather so like this is interesting. This is an interesting question. Like on the hierarchy of things that you want to see at a golf tournament, what's higher on your list? Like a interesting golf course or a good atmosphere? Um. Quite honestly, I don't know. They're both very important. Like, like what I would I rather watch, you know, like a like a U.S. Open with not a single fan. So like a like a COVID U.S. Open at LACC. Or would I rather watch a U.S. Open at with Aaron Hill, at Aaron Hills with like a spectacular like fan atmosphere? On uh, on TV, and Aaron Hill is pretty pretty cool, of course. But I know it just gets a bad rap, and I, I kind of like like TBC at where's the John Deere at? TBC Deer yeah. Run, yeah. Like what if it was there with a with oh, a phenomenal man. atmosphere? The U.S. Open at TBC Rep. Deer Run with a ton of people, or it was at LACC with not many. You know, it's like. What, when it comes down to it, what do you care about more? I, I know what I care about more, and it's the golf course. When they were playing the U.S. Open in the early 1900s, you think they were having 25,000 people watching? It's, it's just no, not the early 1900s now. anymore. No, I agree. It's I 2023. Agree. 
There were I like it's, at it's that time there were like 15 people in the entire country that played golf. Exactly. And Francis we met was one of them. Look, it's a luxury that we have now. That's what I'm saying. It's not integral. I mean, to the integrity of the championship, you're not wrong, but but do we but does the host venue need to take steps to just like make it make it that way? You know what I mean? No, I I think you're completely right that they could have done a, a way better job though here. Uh there was a lot of chatter about that plane that was flying in the sky. Oh, that's uh that's that's a coverage talk. Yeah, I guess I I guess I could save that. I don't know. Um Okay, we got we got to play a game where we just say like you know if we would take one course or another course. So, yeah, I wonder um, where you got this idea from. I mean, it it was I like games. I know. I, I, I liked it. So, okay. Would you rather watch a major championship at uh, LACC or Olympic Club? LACC? I don't even remember what course Olympic Club is, so I'm going to take it. I really liked Olympic Club. That was the 2012 really? U.S. Open. Yeah. Between those Ooh, two, I would take I – would, I would, Yeah. That one. I would take Olympic between the two. I'd take Olympic. Okay. Maybe that's right. blasphemy. Um, that kind of blows my mind, but all right. LACC or Brookline? Brookline. Mm. The history gets me at Brookline, but I, I think thought I'd Brookline was sick. I think I'd rather. So did watch. I. So did I. I really enjoyed Brookline. This is going to be. This is close, but I, this is, I'm taking LACC. But but let the record show that this one was very close. Um, LACC or Marion? Marion. Man, maybe it's because you have skewed me towards liking Marion, but Marion. I, I think Mar- I, I think Marion's Marian. very I think Marion's very I think I picked Marion here. I think Marion's very fun. It's like one of the few courses on tour that's like defended at a short length. It's really fun to watch and play. Uh LACC or Pinehurst 2. Easy. Pinehurst 2. No. I just played Pinehurst 2 twice last weekend, so I'm kind of getting bored of that course. <laughs> um, yeah, give me give me Pinehurst number two. That's just, I mean, as yeah, far as... I take, take Pinehurst number two. As far as, like, U.S. Open venues go, especially, that's, this is, it's just like... LACC or Chambers Bay? Have they lost the course at Chambers Bay, or have they... Not lost, of course. I choose LACC, but I mean, I think Chambers probably deserves a, a second chance at some point. But I mean, we got to be fair here. If if wide fairways are something that piss us off, we can't choose Chambers Bay over LACC. I don't. Was Chambers Bay really that wide though? Jordan Spieth won. Okay, that's all. They were extremely wide, <laughs> and Jordan Spieth. Well, I wonder what his strokes gained was that week. I'm sure you could look it up. I'm not. I'll going take to. LACC. I'll take LACC on that one. LACC or Oakmont? Oakmont. I take Oakmont. You you can't. I don't. I mean, I'm if not. we're if we're going like hierarchy of golf courses, any like huge U.S. Open venue like a an Oakmont or a Pinehurst 
or a Pebble Beach, uh, a Tory. No, all yeah, Trump yeah. LACs. A, a Tory Pines? Are you Tory kind of sucks. We gotta. It, all of and those I'm, Trump LACC. I'll take LACC over. Uh, you think Tory? You think Tory is better than LACC? Yeah, that's as, as a U.S. Open venue. Yes, that's actually blasphemy. I don't think I can. I don't think I can. I, that if, might be where I get off. If we're talking I, about what's the tournament at Tory every year? The farmers. farmers. If we're talking farmers, Tory, throw that shit out. It's the same course. But we got to put the E on here now. Well, they you already see. They don't change courses. But U.S. Open Tory is much better. I don't know. I just. Uh, uh, LACC or. Oh, Beth Page. I was just going to say Beth Page. And I'm taking Beth Page. Uh, I probably would take. I don't. Beth Page kind of boring. I'll take LACC. I don't know. The whole crowd atmosphere thing really gets me, though. We, if let's, is this part? Is that part of the? Uh, is that part of this? Game? I think so. I think so. In my mind, it is part of it. Because what if they did a better job with the fan? Like that's definitely doable. They could do a better job. They but could, I also just I kind of like LACC I, will allow that. And they I, probably I also just kind of hate LACC now, though. Like the, yeah. the way left a bitter taste. And also all their all their rules. Like, come on. You know, let's go with this. LACC, give them the U.S. Amateur like every 10 years. We can still watch it. Still a cool course. But we just don't have to deal with this stupid spectator coverage crap. Just give them an amateur. Give them a junior am. Give them a, a, a women's am. I don't know. Give them something. Give them the senior open. I don't care. LACC or Hazeltine? Hazeltine. <laughs> James. Okay. Dude. Maybe a little Midwest bias, but Hazeltine. James, okay. all right, here's one. I would take Arbor Links this, over LACC. This, this Come is on. only for Jenks. Uh, Hazeltine or uh, Tory Pines? Hazeltine. All right. I would agree with that. That's fair. Here's one. Here's one. LACC or... Ocean course at Kiowa. Ooh, ocean course. Ocean course. I think I'd probably pick ocean course too. I think ocean course is phenomenal. Is that enough for that? Any other venues that we need to talk about? Um, that, was a, that was a good game. That was a good game. Oh, here's a good one. <laughs> here's a good one. LACC, LACC or Hills? LA, well, no. LACC or Congressional. No LACC. Black. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I just had one in my head and now I forgot it. That's fine. Oh, LACC or Valhalla? Ah, Lack. Give me Lack. LACC. Yeah. Here's one. Here's one. LACC or Riv? Two George Thomas masterpieces. Two overrated golf Also, courses. I actually think Riv is that, overrated. The <laughs> fact that Riv unofficially has the U.S. Open in 2031. Actually, kind of pisses me off. I, I actually that course is cheeks, dude. Oh my gosh, that that course those are, is those so are fighting bad. Words. 
I hate that course. It's, it's not bad. It's like, oh, it's a, it's a really, I mean, course wise, it's really good course, but I despise that course on the schedule every year. Like I'd never watch that tournament. The only I reason I watched that tournament this year is because Tiger was playing. I definitely don't get the hype. And like, because so many tour players say Riv is their favorite course. And I, why? Because there's a bunker in the middle of the green on six. I completely do not get it. I do not get it. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of the course. Noah, can you help me out here? You're a golf course architecture guy. Yeah. You, like what's, what's the, what's the thing with Riv? It's, it's just, it's all about how many options you have to play each hole at Riv. Like, what does that mean? That doesn't, that's, it means that's you're, it means, it means you're like, you're thinking off the tee and you're thinking in the greens and you're thinking with different pins rather than like, if you compare it to something like TPC Sawgrass, you know, your game plan going into every single day, regardless of what pin it is. I Save think TPC a couple Sawgrass is a better course. I think, and it's just, they're just different styles of courses. I think Spyglass is a better course. Like Riv has just old classic. I mean, it's the same architect as, as uh, LACC. So you get the similar, similar kind of things like playing your tee shot to this side of the fairway. With oh, that great. More freaking angles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of that. Great. Here's a, here's a question for you, Noah. Sure. So if they're going to play big championships at old courses like that. Yeah. Like should there, should the green speed be limited? Like just the amount of slope that was originally built into those greens. And like they were, they were not built for 13 stimp greens. For sure. There's two, there's two major differences really that have changed in the last hundred years. One is yeah, green speeds have gone up, so the slopes just you can't even play a lot of these greens. They have had to change them. The other one is they used to be hitting a lot longer clubs into these greens. So you you couldn't just carry a ball over a bunker and have a check. Like your approach into the green was much more important. But the ball also did spin more back then. Sure, but but they were hitting a five iron into a green that someone is hitting a nine iron into nowadays, you know? Yeah. But how difference in loft are those really like a five iron from way back then? And your average nine iron these days with a golf ball that is way less spinny. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But the, the point is like you're playing shots in the greens differently than the modern golfer now is just carrying everything that, to, to a green to to check it over a bunker not important where yeah. kind of like what we were talking about at uh lacc you just hit the fairway guys like rory and not Wyndham, hard to they, do they can and if they're in the fairway they can stick a they can stick an iron shot from 190 on a dime no problem you know what was one thing i didn't like how Wyndham clark yanked his approach on 17 on Sunday and then had like the most straightforward chip. That was a spot to miss. 
So is that just is that just him knowing the spot to miss and missing it there, or is that the course not not no, penalizing that's, him? That's that's him knowing because like even they talked about on the coverage earlier in the day, DJ was over there, and they talked about yeah, like they, that this is the spot that yeah. they know where to hit it on seventeen. I think everyone was going left on seventeen. All right, Noah, your top three holes at LACC. Ooh, and and okay. how they play and how they played at the U.S. Open. Top three holes. Um, you got to put six up there. This is in no particular order because I haven't thought it through that much. I think six is awesome. I, I thought six was sweet. Or six was six, sweet. I think six has to be up there with just how many different ways you can play it and how it changed your approach and how it really got some people too. Um, and provided some low numbers. What would you do on six, Noah? Would you go for it or lay up? I'm going for it. I'm going for the front right edge of the green. Best case, like if I nuke one, I'll I'll get barely on the green. If I don't hit it perfect, I'll be like short right. That'd be the idea. And then if you you like toe one and sort of it like kind of falls out of the air to the left, then you're screwed. Uh, yeah, like you're not getting up and down from down there. Yeah, I, well, I don't, well, I don't really miss. So, like, oh, or that, okay. I don't miss. I that. guess I don't miss that much. So only with a putter. Yeah, I miss a lot with a putter. Yikes! But actually, the putter's coming along. I got a new putting stroke. Uh, new putting stroke, new me. But where'd you get so that? Yeah, where'd you get a new putting stroke? I bought it Did at you the tour superstore. Yeah, they got a lot of golf shops in Pinehurst. Big. It's a it's a drinking town with a golfing problem. You just you can just buy new putting strokes off the rack. Um, but before like, Noah continues, I just got one thought. Did anybody else feel like four, seven, and uh, eleven just felt like the same hole? Um, no, or at least seven not, and eleven. I did not get that. I did not get that feeling. No, like I just thought on the coverage every single time they showed seven or eleven, like I could never. They just looked the same to me. That is on you then, because I don't think they look the same at all. Yeah, the greens uh, are pretty different too. Here's the, one thing I didn't like about seven. I don't if if they're gonna have one three hundred yard par three. Okay, whatever. What? Why? But why? Let's two? have two of them. Why? Why two well, of them? I, I don't like how they played them both three hundred on the same day. Yeah, that was yeah. First day they were both moved up, and then second yeah. day they were both at three hundred. Yeah, like that was dumb. That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> the point the point of having par threes like that course is is so you hit different clubs on all the different par threes. Yeah, <laughs> why are you playing them and they the were, same? And on this, round two, they were two ninety seven and two ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a blunder by uh, the guys who set out the tees. But so six is up there in the top three. Yep, six um, is good. I'm gonna put eight up in my top three. I really just I I don't know. It's a fun it's a fun hole and it's a cool at a par five plays like five thirty for those guys. Um it, it I feel like they kind of had the number the tee shot was pretty easy because you just had to hit anything in the fairway. It would kind of trickle down to the right side and you could sounds like yeah, number just, three. You just aim at the you just aim like at the I left wish, rough yeah, and it'll come I down. Wish, I wish that fairway was not as much slope because I think the idea was uh, Thomas wanted you to have to hit a draw off of a cut lie, but I just however did if you it, ask whether, him that? Yeah, well, yeah, we were talking uh, the other day. Um, 
Sounds but, like something that Bobby Jones would ask for. Oh, but that's like that's like a classic. That's a classic move on a hole like that, right? But so whether or not, but it's but, uh, is what you're saying that, or is what you're saying slow. that by trying to do that, the fairway is too sloped to the right, and therefore it's too easy to get your tee shot on the right edge of the fairway, which gives you the best angle. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if back in the day. It, like the ball didn't roll out on the fairways as much and it would stay. Oh yeah. Okay. That's I don't know. Possible. That's just, that's conjecture. So I wish that's how it would play, was played, but still it was pretty cool. Um, the second shot of that hole was pretty cool. And like they still, a lot of people still had a little bit of a cut lie and a lot of them did overturn it too. So you can really get in trouble there. Cool hole. Um, and then I got to throw 15 up on my top three list as well. I thought I think, 15, I thought going 15 into it like garbage going into it. I thought 15 was going to be my favorite hole. And I don't know. It felt like it just didn't have, it just didn't live up to it. I mean, all week you heard about like, even on Wednesday with the story that broke that, like when Ricky said he was going to lay up on 15, you know, if conditions were, were right and the pin was in the front and it was the short tee shot. And like, I heard people talking about if everything worked out, the best shot you'd be able to hit on that hole would be like 25 feet. And there's people just throwing darts. Like it was just, I mean, it was just bleh. Yeah. I don't know. What about I, I, the last, the about- last day there was one bogey on the, the hole the entire day. What about Saturday? What about Sat? Well, Sunday's pin was actually like easy on that hole, just kind of dumb. But what about Saturday's pin? I like Saturday's pin. I just I don't know. Right? Like I but felt it, like it last was supposed year, to play way harder, and it didn't. Did you guys felt, watch? Did you guys watch Shafale and Rom play on Saturday that hole? Those two. Oh, you mean like separately because they didn't play together, right? They're in the same group on Saturday. There's no way. Maybe it was. There's no way Rom was like in the one of the last few groups on Saturday. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Who was I? Who was I thinking about? I can't. Maybe it was Friday's pen then. See, I felt like last year at Brookline Hole Eleven, like I feel like that's how you do a short par three. Like I feel like that one played a, a like way cooler than fifteen at LACC played. There, there was a pin on fifth. It might have been Friday's pin then, but it was like kind of front middle. It was really close to that her. ridge. Yeah, and then people oh, were going. People were going were long, putting, putting way over to the edge. Yeah. and then yes, I do remember that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was that was Friday. I remember. Yeah, okay, it was Friday. This, and I remember Shopley and Rom were playing together. Wait, Shopley no, hits, maybe that was. And Shopley no, hits Friday's. a putt like. Uh, tr- try to hit it on top of the mound and have it come down and it just like stays up. Like he hit, he hit a putt from like 20 feet and he ended up like 15 feet away and he's like mm-hmm. laughing. Like that's great. Yeah. That's, that was so fun to watch. He like was trying to figure out how to play it. Mm-hmm. I, I think I just didn't think 15 large, played to its expectation. And so for me, it was kind of a dud of a hole. And I felt like some of the holes, just maybe, and maybe this is on me for not learning more about the course. But I feel like some of the holes just didn't have that much. 
don't there was know. no pizzazz Maybe. to a lot of them. Well, it just felt like a lot of them didn't have like that much individual character. Like all, like in my brain, I just said like five, uh, 15, 16, 17. No, no, not 15. Sorry. Um, 13, 16, 17. Like there's just like, Oh, another long par four, oh, another long par four, another long par four. Like I, I don't know. Uh, especially I can't think that of 13. 13's the one where the the right half of the fairway runs down, which oh, actually yeah. kinda, that that part is pretty cool. But it's just it's just kind of I don't know, it just kind of feels like it's especially like on the back nine there is just like long par 4 after long par 4. Mm-hmm. But especially coming down the stretch, I mean, I know that's what they wanted, but it's kind of crazy that that was yardage-wise, uh aggregate yardage, the longest closing three holes in U S open history. And none of them was a par five. Yeah. It's crazy. We have been talking the course for a mighty long time. So I'm just going to, I'm going to cut our discussion on the course right here with one last question. Uh, As we mentioned, 2039, they're slated to go back. If you had to quickly in 30 seconds or less elevator pitch, what are some things you would like them to keep for 2039? What are some things you would like them to change for 2039? Noah. Um, let's see. I think I'd like to see just harder pins all around. A, I think B, kind of what we talked about on the par threes. I'd like to see just variety of T placements on the par threes. Um, and then I guess I think we all can agree that we want to see more people on the ground. More just general golf fans, I guess. I didn't even really know that that was the situation, but now that I hear it, that would be kind of cool. Um, yeah, fun, fun track, cool, cool place. Nick, um, I would say they uh, set up a no-fly zone. Um, <laughs> number one, <laughs> number two. Um. You know, actually, a lot of those pins were pretty wicked the the last day or two, Noah, which is uh, kind of some, like, I don't know how much tougher you could get with some of those. Um, yeah, the weekend was great. I Maybe, I mean, you got a narrow 18. Um, I don't know, do something with three to make the tee shot actually matter. Um, and then I agree, like, not having both seven and 11 at 300 yards on the same day. Uh, I liked six the way it was. I don't know. I guess yeah. And then other than you know, making sure everyone knows you're the stuffiest country club in the entire country. Like other than you know that whole vibe. Um, that as well. Yeah. In general, I think you kind of covered it. Um, you know, tightening up eighteen. I thought the finishing stretch, like you kind of mentioned, was really good. I was you know, super long, couple 500 yard par fours. Um, you know, you, you mentioned hole three. I don't know if there's potential that they could move that up and make that drivable and then move either like reroute three or six to be part of the back nine for the championship. Uh, you know, make it like 15 or 13 or something just down the stretch, have a drivable par four in there. I don't know if that's possible. I don't know what the course routing looks like. Uh, but something like that, just because, you know, like you mentioned, the back nine, it it felt kind of bland. You know, you get 14 and 15, 
which have a little bit of character. And then just down the stretch is just long par four, long par four, long par four. And there's just no character. Like it's long, but there's no other character down the finishing stretch. I felt like moving on from the course, uh, there's one thing i want is just like the outrage from the fact that the scores were really low the first couple days uh i just like i was just kind of sick of it like i don't need to single anyone (laughs) out but the uh mike Wan, this is on you no no um the guys over at a certain golf podcast run by a certain large sports media company, um, you know, tweeting out all throughout the first and second day, just like how, how mad they are that the scores are what they are. And like, why can't we have just like carnage out there? Like I was, I was getting extremely annoyed at all of the, at all of the takes on like, everyone was so mad that they were shooting under par like that. Um, like I know, you know, US Open has a history of being like the super tough test and the winning score is around even par and all of this stuff, but I mean, I think the USGA themselves is kind of getting away from that. I mean, last time it even hovered around even par was Shinnecock and that was because they literally lost the golf course and you know, the players were pretty furious. Now whether that was justified or not justified, maybe you could make a case it wasn't. Um so I mean, ultimately, the USGA with their setups now is trying to identify the best players and what they say is not embarrass them, which and I I don't mind that. I don't really care if the winning score is 10 under. um, I mean, as long as, you know, the winner is whoever played the best golf that week. And I I don't know. That's just what I wanted to say on that. That's a, that's an interesting point that you kind of bring up the hovering around even par because next year is going to be another test to that. Uh, going back to Pinehurst number two next year, where I believe in the last three U.S. Opens at Pinehurst number two, there's been a total of three or four people finishing under par. That's crazy. That um, course is so hard. Because you go back to, was it 2014? Uh, Martin Keimer won. Yeah. He shot, I believe, nine under. Yeah. And then... Ricky tied for second place with Eric uh, Compton. Eric Compton at one under, I believe. Yep. That is and then correct. 2009, 2008? No, it was 05. Uh, it was 05. before the it was yep. before the restoration. Yep. 05, uh Michael Campbell, I believe won at even or one over. I don't know what his winning score was. Uh, and then 99 Payne Stewart won, I believe that was at like even one over one under somewhere around par. This is an aside, and we don't have to get into this, but seeing seeing footage from Pinehurst before and after the rent the renovation slash restoration, it is shocking to me that they thought it was a better idea for it to just look like just like fairway and rough. Like you're saying to- when they when they decided to let it, the rough grow back in. Yeah. So the way it yeah. like how how did it become the way it was before it was restored? Like that's they, just they just let it go. It's just because I do love the, the the way it was in fourteen. I yeah. That's really, yeah. Yeah. Because that 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 was back to what it was originally. Yeah. That's the original. Am I correct. Yeah. Yeah. The way it yep. looks now. 
Yeah. Well, so how yeah, did it exactly. go? It's very original. How did it go from native area to rough? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like well, how, you, how like, was that ever seen to be a good idea? You have to like, it takes quite a bit to maintain the native out there. If that makes sense. Like if you just, if you, if you don't go out and weed whack that, that stuff like weekly, it'll just grow back into rough in two years. Why are you talking about weed whacking the natives? Oh my gosh. I might have to cut that part out. You don't, <laughs> back, you don't weed whack James? Honestly, no, I don't. It's just going to grow back into rough. Are we still talking about golf courses? I think so. Oh, yeah, okay. Golf pod. Uh, anyway, moving away from golf course talk and moving to us open talk. Um, Wyndham Clark, I don't know if we even said this on the show yet. Wyndham Clark was your 2023 U.S. Open champion, uh, shooting a score of 10 under par for Windy. the week, winning by one over Rory McIlroy. Uh, Nick, yeah, I see you have a nice little note in our document here. You say, Wyndham Clark, what the H-E double sippy straw. Uh, what, what's your meaning behind that? Just kind of shocking that he he held up? Well, no, it's just literally like it makes almost no sense the year Wyndham Clark is having. This is uh, this is something that uh, I didn't come across myself, but um, I was first alerted to this by I think the fried egg. Uh, Wyndham Clark six events ago was playing in an opposite field event. Mm hmm. He didn't even qualify for the match play and was and he played Corrales Punta Cana that year or that week. So <laughs> has that ever happened to where a player is playing opposite field events and wins a major that year? I mean, it is like yeah, it's it's kind of just given at this point that like, oh yeah, Wyndham Clark is playing good golf and like he's but it's it's so shocking like how quickly he improved. I like believe he, he he crawled up to 13th in the world now. With he's this now as well. 13th in the OWGR. I think at the end of 2022, he was in the 160s or 180s. Yeah. Uh, and like the amount he has improved with his approach game is unbelievable. And how quickly he how quickly it went from oh wow like looking at looking at data golf like okay. Under the radar, Wyndham Clark is playing pretty good golf. To he wins his first tour event. To he's a major champion. Like this has happened in a span of like two months, and I cannot make sense of it. Quite, it's, it's it's unbelievable it's, how quickly he became one of the best players in the world. I mean, I I don't want to say it's like a the run that Scotty had last year because Scotty was playing well before that. He had played in the Ryder Cup the year before. Um, but, you know, there's kind of this, this talk last year, like, will Scotty ever win? You know, what's what's going on? And then he finally opens the floodgates. He wins the WM. Uh, he wins the Masters. He plays well throughout the entire year. Uh, and we're kind of getting this, this kind of similar vibe from Wyndham Clark here, where, um, you know, no career wins, he he wins at the Wells Fargo, and, and that's kind of his floodgates opening up. And now comes out and uh, his first time ever being in contention in a major, 
he, it's he unbelievable. Gets it he had played in six major championships prior to this. His finishes were putt, 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 T75, T76. He doesn't want the, the stolen Valor yellow highlighted box. He wants the green <laughs> Wait, number one. T75 and T76 is basically cut, too. I know. That's like made the cut, <laughs> got dead last of people that made the cut. <laughs> that's so great. Like his, that, uh, that, that was his best we'll finish in a major. And the yeah. end, he had only played in six of them before this. You I know, as as NBC said uh, multiple times on Sunday, and I'm talking in the double digits, uh, his game really turned around when he switched to Ricky's putter, man. Uh, he, he's good friends with Ricky. They both went to OK State, and he, he saw that he was getting this new putter, and he said, give me those specs. I'm going to copy you, and Quite then I'm going to beat you with your own putter. No, I know. It's like Ricky, like, have you ever seen that meme, like, you played yourself? Yeah, like he he was playing a money game with Wyndham Clark. Ricky couldn't miss, and little did he know that that day that he couldn't miss at Medalist would be the reason that he didn't win the U.S. Open. I mean, well, there's there's it. more than couple, just that. For a couple reasons, other guys but, beat him too. Uh, but, I got some. Sorry, continue. No, I was just. Gonna, it's like it's it's unbelievable. All right, I boys, s- I gotta sign off from the bogey right. tonight. All right, we appreciated your LACC. On insight and takes it's good Until to have time. you on take it easy in the midwest for me take it easy down and finer send me some pictures i will all right see you boys shoot yeah. a course record uh so in my notes on wyndham clark i just put steady uh and this guy on sunday i mean it, it just was unflappable it felt like dude you know, anytime that he he would make a mistake he he made up for it very quickly uh, you look at hole eight where he puts it in the 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 barranca, and then he whiffs, gets it out, and then gets up and down to save six, where it looked like he was making sure seven or eight. Um, and just really throughout the day, he he was really controlling the damage. Uh, his his chip shot on eight or on six, sorry, uh, that up and down for birdie. His up and down on nine to save par, his up and down on 11, his up and down on 17. I mean, the guy just had stones. He, yeah, he was, he was the guy that absolutely is infuriating to root against. Yeah. Because, you know, that he, he makes a big mistake on eight. Uh, you know, whiffing that one in the Barranca and then just, you know, next one just gets it out over the green. I mean, very good up and down to save the six, especially given yes. those circumstances. Yes. His mind must have been racing. And then on nine, what in the world? How did he get that up and down? Uh, well, we'll he, was in the, he was in the a- lip of the bunker. A- Zinger thought that wasn't coming down the slope. Yeah, yeah. Zinger couldn't have been more certain that that ball wasn't coming down the slope. That's going to stay. That's gonna stay. Uh, you know, he he makes that seven foot slider for par, and that then on fist eleven, bump, I feel like that was over right when he gave that fist pump. That's it. I don't think we can even put into words how good his up and down was on eleven, especially because that camera angle from down by him. I didn't know there was that much slope over there. Yeah, I mean the green was 
what like above the level of his head it looks like yeah and from that lie like hitting on to uphill on a down slope to get the spin he got and then make that putt with five six he almost hold it he almost hold it yeah he lipped he lipped it out he lipped it out you i would have been putting good money down because ricky hit his bunker shot first right yeah yeah he hit a really good one ricky hits his bunker shots like five feet and i'm like we might have a, a like a nice swing here. No. Like Ricky could get up and down say par. I thought yep. for sure that Clark was making bogey. Yeah, uh, and then it's the opposite. Been... Clark somehow gets up and down. Ricky misses his par putt, and it's just that was the that was it for Ricky. And we'll get in. Oh, we'll get into Ricky. But that's the exact kind of crap that ha- I mean. He finally had a little bit of momentum. Okay, two shots swing at the eighth. Right, he went from down five mm-hmm. to down three. Hits a great bunker shot on eleven. And then he, I think he let that shot Wyndham hit just get in his head. Cause, and then so Ricky goes on to miss his five footer and Wyndham makes it. I mean, he was so steady over the six footers all week, Wyndham Clark. He was never, yeah. ever thought he was going to miss. And so, I mean, that, I mean, truly after that hole, that was when Ricky's chances were gone. Yeah. Cause to have a, to, to give up a shot there, I mean, that was, that that was it. But are we still talking? We're still talking Wyndham. Yeah. Um, his, but yeah, it was throughout the middle of the round there, the shots that he saved, you know, he, he saved one on eight, getting that, that long up and down for bogey. And then the up and down at nine, the up and down at 11. I, those are what won him the tournament in my mind. That's honestly true. I mean, if he doesn't then, get those up and down, he, he finishes one behind Rory. That's the difference. Yeah. And then the brilliant, shot into 14 too. I mean, that was yeah. the real, that was the real, like yeah, that shot that was, actually that sealed stones. it. I think. Cause that, um, gave, that gave him a three shot lead after he made that birdie. I found this. I actually heard this interesting stat, uh, which I then did my own research on and found something very interesting. So at the start of the week, Wyndham Clark was plus 10,000 betting odds, which is the longest betting odds of a u.s open champion since 2009 and lucas glover and is that a hundred to one uh something like that yeah okay uh also with lucas glover in 2009 i don't know if you saw on twitter throughout the week but they were talking about the the lowest 36 hole u.s open scoring records uh which ricky set this week um being 10 under through two rounds only two of the top five lowest 36 hole scorers have gone on to lose the u.s open one is ricky fowler this year losing to plus 10,000 wyndham clark the other was 2009 and it was ricky barnes losing to plus 15,000 Lucas Glover. So I thought that was just kind of a crazy, fun, weird stat. And they're both named Ricky. Uh, And didn't Ricky Barnes also, I'm not going to say he went to OK State, but didn't he go to OK State? I have no idea if that's true or not. If that's true, that would be just the wildest stat of all time. Uh, Um, You see uh, Arizona shoot. You see the open on Twitter throwing shade at the USGA at the open radio. No, I didn't. Um, 
So they just did a little like flyover of what the 18th hole at Royal Liverpool looks like right now. A little flyover of the course. And uh, the caption just says, open to all, nature's timeless test. The 151st open is just one month away. So I, a little, uh, I love the shade. A little open to all. Uh, anything else on Wyndham Clark before we move on? I, that's no, that's no, kind I'm of my absolute, stats on it. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, Second place, Roy okay. McIlroy. I don't, I don't want to sound too pissed. I mean, good, truly good for him. I yeah. mean, he he, he played great. Clark. Absolutely, he, career breakthrough this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was he was the guy. He was the best player, and yeah. he won. So shout out to him. Uh, Rory McIlroy comes in second again. Um, you know, kind of a a fun stat on uh, Rory. Since his last major victory nine years ago, he has 19 top tens in majors. 19 top tens. And just to put that in perspective, over Justin Rose's entire career, he has 20 top tens in majors. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just about, I'm, I'm, sort of over the Rory thing. I mean, is it going to happen again? Probably, but I, he, he plays really well. He contends and then he doesn't make the pots when he needs to. Yeah. And that's just, that's what I got in my notes. It's, it was St. Andrews all over again. And he, someone heard him. I believe it was KVV that said that. It it was his cat. No, No. I think he was saying it to his caddy. I think I thought it was Harry that said it. Maybe. Uh, I thought he was saying it too hairy. I thought that's what KVV was saying. But just, it was St. Andrews all over again. Could not make a putt down the stretch when it mattered. Um, you know, couldn't make a putt at all. He had an, what should have been an easy birdie look on eight when he's putting for eagle and walks off with par. Um, yeah, that was that was tough. He missed, you know, missed that par putt on 14 after getting that break uh, of being embedded. He he missed a couple other shorter ones throughout the day, uh, which I mean that's that's what it comes down to with Rory. It feels like if his putter is not hot, uh, if he can't make one, you know, in the first few holes, it just feels like it's never going to get kickstarted. And you know, with the putter not being hot, the iron game was hot. He hit fifty nine greens this week out of seventy two, which is just a huge, outstanding number. Um. You know, he's yeah. 15th for the week in strokes gained approach. Uh, so, you know, not a bad week with the, the approach shots. Just got to get that putter rolling uh, in the final round when he's in contention. Yeah, it's it's not great. Uh, this is an aside here. We mentioned the all of the, you know, how far out the USJ has host sites locked in. Uh, this is this is the current uh, future venues for the Open. So this year we have Royal Liverpool and Hoy Lake. Next year, Royal Troon. 2025, Royal Portrush, and uh, after that is TBD. Nice. So after after this year, there's only two that are set. Uh, so another little aside, crazy. I'm actually going to save my other aside for when we talk about Ricky here in just a second. Um, third place. Anything else on Rory for you? 
Um, no, honestly, quite quite honestly, I'm just uh, the entire the entire like the entire back nine. Honestly, you you kind of felt this was going to be the result. Yeah, yeah. Uh, third place, finishing three shots behind this week is Scotty Scheffler. Uh, seven under, another top five in a major. He's just all year he's been towards the top, really in every event. Uh, even with the putter being abysmal at times. And, you know, this week what I have written down for Scotty, the putting was definitely better. Uh, you know, strokes gained putting, he was 37th in the field, so it's not dead last. Um, but it's, for me, it just still was not passing the eye test. You know, the stats might be a little bit better, but it just felt like, again, he he's just not rolling anything in. Well, yeah, and, I mean, he was... He, the stats were worse on Sunday. I mean, he his putting was worse on Sunday. I, at least I think it was. He made a bomb on 13 that might have inflated it a little bit. He was um, 47th in strokes gained putting on Sunday. He lost one shot. And, yeah, so I don't know if his putt was technically from off the green on 13 because he made like a 60-footer. No, it counted as a strokes gained putting. So Okay, so, yeah. So he lost a shot even with that. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, his putting was pretty dang awful on Sunday. Um, are we going to talk about his absolutely disgraceful TIO relief on seven? Uh, maybe we don't need to. I think I, other people have. I thought that was the funniest thing ever. When I'm watching him hit that tee shot and they have the camera from behind him on the tee and it follows the ball in the air. And then as it comes down, it just comes straight down into this forest. Yeah. And it's like, where even is he? I thought he was in Narnia. I was like, where even is he? Yeah, the TIO. Yeah, he, he, he had absolutely no shot, but it was it just like a wire or something? Yeah, it was the, a wire for the shot link that was next to yeah, that tree. That's, that's despicable. I'm which sorry. Which was within a club length of his intended line. So for that reason, he got relief is what I heard. Yeah, that's that's just that's just egregious. Uh, uh, but at least ball don't lie. At least he didn't make the par putt. Yeah. Um, well, anything else on Scotty? He continues to have great ball striking and not great putting. I mean, I thought it was literally insane. anybody could have any, anybody could have predicted what he was going to do this week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was crazy on Saturday. Um, no, yeah, it was on Saturday. He walks on to the 17th tee seven back oh yeah yep he walks off the course saturday night three back yeah yeah the amount like the amount of momentum he must have felt after that and going into sunday oh and then to just goodness. like like you know you, you, feel, you feel like you're out of the tournament at that point and then within a span of 15 minutes you're right right yeah. back in it it was one shot and he was back in it and uh yeah, I mean, to just not really take it. And, you know, easy for us to say the course was playing extremely difficult on Sunday. But, I mean, for him not to take advantage of, you know, the the position he found himself in after after Saturday um, was, I don't know. I don't know if frustrating is the right word because I wasn't necessarily rooting for it. But he's got to be just, he's got to be so frustrated with how this season is yeah. going. Uh 
So looking now, fourth place, Cameron Smith. I don't really have a whole lot on Cam Smith because I didn't even realize he found his way into the top five. Yeah, he um, just made he made a few few really good birdies uh, Sunday on the back nine that kind of vaulted him up up there. Yeah. He, I think he shot three under on the back, which is he just did. absolutely disturbingly low uh, for the back nine on Sunday at LACC. He makes every putty looks at. Um, Quite honestly, I think there's a very good chance he defends his title at the Open. Uh, he's playing pretty good golf. He was yeah, struggling he's... for a little bit early in the year, but he's playing a lot better now. And he looks like, I don't know, maybe a little bit of a gut. I noticed he had to put on a few uh, LBs. but uh, you know. he, He's Australian. He put on a few kilos. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Kilos. Thank you. Thank you for that clarification. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. know if anyone else noticed this or if I'm seeing things, but no, uh, I just said it wasn't paying that much attention. I don't know. I'm monitoring the situation. So yeah. Uh, T5. We got three guys. T5. Do we, um, get, do we just we'll, do it now? We'll save the best for last. Okay. Tommy Fleetwood Min, T5. Minwoo. Min <laughs> yeah. Tommy Fleetwood T5. 63 on Sunday. He's the only person in U.S. Open history to shoot 63 twice on Sunday at a U.S. Open. Hey, Such buddy, a worthless how, stat. How did you uh-huh. shoot 63 at LACC on Sunday? Wow, oh, I missed by a four-footer for 62. By teeing off uh, in, like, the third group. So By missing later, a four-footer for 62. Yeah, played early on Sunday, um, throws down a 63. He bogeyed the 16th hole as well. A uh, couple eagles in there for Tommy. Kind I mean, of a... A disappointing it, week for Tommy. I yeah. really expected more out of him coming off of last week. I think I had him in my um, DraftKings, honestly. Oh, I did. I wonder. You know, and I don't even know how, how we ended up last week. With the exception of the uh, the first round, he, he had a solid week. He shot 73 round one, uh, 69 round two. Uh, made the cut on the number, too, and finishes T5. So a little stolen Valor yellow highlighted box on his Wikipedia page for that. Minwoo Lee did what Minwoo Lee does. The, I mean, I, just I, kind I, of I'm going to call him the time bomb or, you know, I want to, I need a nickname for him. 69, 65, the first two rounds gets him at six under, uh, follows it up with a 74 and then a 67 round four with no bogeys also. So heck of a round for Minwoo Lee. Honestly, Minwoo Lee is as talented as they come. Uh, I think his his average drive for the week was like 345 or something. Yeah, he's he's uh, as talented as they come. Uh, I don't know. He you know just has to just has to refine some stuff in his game. I can see him contending in a few majors, but he's one of those guys that he's very raw. And uh, like we saw at TBC Sawgrass when he had the lead this year, um, didn't really go so well on Sunday. I mean, he's he's just one of those young very powerful very talented guys that i think he's gonna he's one of them that's gonna have to learn from being in the mix at big tournaments quite a few times he'll probably um you know he'll probably fail quite a few times before he does pick one off but you know minwooly good finish for that guy yeah i saw it came up suggested on instagram to me he posted an instagram reel of all one swing from each of his tournaments this year so i thought that was cool um Lastly, in the top five T5 group is one Rick Utaka Fowler. 
started the day tied for the lead at 10 under finishes at five under he shoots 75 on sunday uh which is a heartbreaking one for the bogey train podcast couple rick fans on the cast uh we're really gonna dive in depth to this one i can already feel it this is the therapy session i've needed since sunday i've got my notes and it says ricky looking good this was written on thursday and friday he shoots 62 on thursday he ties the uh, lowest score in a major record. He sets the lowest score in a U.S. Open record, uh, which was later tied by Sander Schauffele. Um, 68 in round two gets him to 10 under par. And usually they say if you can be the first one to 10 under par in a U.S. Open, you're probably going to win it. And boy, he was, the fir- he was the he was the quickest to get to 10 under par ever in in the U.S. Yeah. Open. Took him 20 holes. And boy, was that a lie. He had 18 birdies through two rounds as well. Um, which is just absurd, filthy. Like it's hard to even for make for context. So many birdies for context. The record for birdies made in a U.S. Open going into this week was twenty-two. Ricky and the fact had that it was eighteen. Brendan Steele, who would have guessed? Ricky had eighteen through two rounds. I thought this record was going to be shattered. We walk into Saturday. Ricky shoots a smooth, even par 70, uh, three birdies on Saturday, missing a, or three putting on 18 for a But honestly, he looked, I was, he, I was pleasantly surprised on Saturday. He looked actually pretty darn good. Um, see, I was thinking the opposite. I was very, from what I saw Saturday, led me in the direction on Sunday that it probably wasn't going to happen, but I really wanted it to happen. Yeah. I, well, for most of the round, I, I mean, so he, he kind of had a, didn't he have a little bit of a rough start? Um, he, on Saturday, he birdied one bogeyed two and then bogeyed five. Yeah. So, but then after that, the rest of the way, I thought he played very solid. Uh, some, there were some harder pins, not quite as hard as Sunday. There was not a ton of birdies out there, uh, but he, you know, managed to when he had, I mean, on the last hole, he had a two shot lead. So yeah. he had and I, I texted I texted a couple a couple buddies before right before the, the third round started. And uh, I said, my prediction is that Ricky's going to extend his lead today uh, for the first half of the round. Didn't look like a good prediction, um, but then, you know, he had a two shot lead walking up the 18th and he had done that. He, he was up by two when he started the day up by one. So just like all things considered, I, you know, walking up the 18th hole with a two shot lead, I was, I was feeling, I was like, okay, I was, I was impressed by, you know, the way he managed things on Saturday. And then Wyndham throws a dart on 18. Ricky misses the flag stick. Doesn't he? Yeah. Hits the flag stick. What a filthy Uh, club twirl that was unbelievable it was so good you know just like looks at it with this just this the most intense facial expression says be right sit on it he was also super pissed off too because he had just bogeyed 17 uh because he had to take that that drop oh also yeah another great bogey yeah Um, you know like that uh anyway so and then so windham makes birdie and then ricky misses that it was somewhere between three and a half and four feet yeah, just hammered um, it. 
I and mean, it's it just like, I mean, obviously before the week you would take, oh yeah, tied for the lead going to the final round. Of course we take that, but it just, it just felt like a it, gut punch. Like it, it was very like, deflating. It just felt like it, that was just the start of the collapse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And Ricky's as positive a mindset as they come. And maybe he wasn't thinking this way, but just as a, as a fan, you were like, it, it only was worth one shot, you know? And he went from solo first to tied first, like in grand scheme of things, like maybe that's not that big a deal, but it felt like a four shot swing. That one yeah, missed putt it was, for some reason. I mean, he walks onto the green, like you mentioned, with a two-shot lead. He walks off tied. It's just, he's probably thinking to himself that he's going into Sunday leading the U.S. Open, um, you know, outright. And then he walks off and he's tied for the lead, so he doesn't really have that buffer. Um, you know, he doesn't have a shot to play with. He's He's got to kind of come into Sunday and do his best stuff. And, you know, again... Just just didn't have it on Sunday. It it was very, you know, if we're gonna compare Rory's Sunday to the the open last year at St. Andrews, Ricky's Sunday was very Zozo-esque, if you remember the Zozo last year. Where it just felt like every single approach shot he hit was absolutely abysmal. Yeah. Yeah, it was. That that's the thing I I just don't know how to feel about because like if you'd have told me before the week oh Ricky's gonna top five like okay that's sick like he's back you know what I mean um, but just it feels like a huge opportunity wasted because you know some play like Rory it's like okay well you know Rory's gonna be in the mix at the next major because he's Rory but Ricky mm-hmm. that doesn't happen all the time so you feel like opportunities like that you can't just let them slip yeah. and this was. I mean, he had never had a 54-hole lead or co-lead at a major. So going into a Sunday, I mean, this was his best chance ever. Um, And for Sunday to go the way it did, it's just, it was so deflating. And I, I truly don't know coming off of this week if I feel better or worse about the state of Ricky's game. Yeah. To be, to be completely honest with you. Because uh, it's almost worse because you know, like anything he's dealing with, like that he was dealing with from mechanics perspective, like in his swing, that's fixed. Clearly he shot a 62 at the U S open his, like his swing, his putting stroke, everything is exactly where it needs to be. And his issue here is between the ears. And I think that makes me less optimistic than I was before the week. What, yeah. what do you, what do you think about that? I, I'm not going to say I'm not optimistic and here's why looking at Ricky's stats for the week. Um, you know, if I look at the event as a whole, he was 23rd in the field in stroke skin approach. He gained 0.68 shots per round approach. Round one, including the final round, that's crazy. Round one, he gained 2.9 shots approach. Round two, he gained 1.7. Round three, he gained 1.1. Round four, he lost three shots approach. 
obviously, I don't think it's mechanics. I think this is just pure nerves, you know, not really having been in this position in a major before. Um, you know, he's had some really good finishes, but really each of them, he wasn't necessarily in contention. It was more so a backdoor uh, type thing. But, I mean, it it was just so bad on Sunday. And I don't, like we said, I don't think it's mechanics. I think it's nerves. It's, he hasn't been in this position in four years. He has since he's won a tournament. Um, you know, it was the same thing at the Zozo and where I can find a little bit of solace. And this is kind of my, my side note with Ricky is looking at the next four major championships is the same run. I like this stat. Yeah. That happened in 2014 when Ricky finished top five in every single major. Which is kind of crazy how that happened. We go to Hoy Lake in a month. Uh, We go to Augusta next April. We go to Valhalla next May. And we go to Pinehurst number two next June. Yeah. Um, Where, honestly, with the exception of Martin Keimer, Ricky Fowler was probably the best player in the field that week. Uh, Martin Keimer just, you know, had some voodoo out there. I don't know what it was, uh, but yeah. So I, so I, I mean, I'm kind of in this position where we were with Victor earlier in the year, where, you know, after the final round of Augusta, it was like, you know, is is Victor ever going to sh- prove himself? Is he ever going to do this? Um, and I'm kind of going to say the same thing I said about Victor now about Ricky. I do see that it could happen. Um, Just Sunday was a day where nothing went right, which, you know, is to his own fault and, you know, other, other factors, but I don't see another day where Ricky's in contention in a major and shoots five over. And with how far he has come just since last year, I mean, we hadn't talked about Ricky. Obviously, we didn't talk about Ricky much because there was no podcast prior to last October. But had there been, there would have been no Ricky talk for a long, long time. Which kind of leads into the question, are we responsible for his comeback? Was he just we waiting might, for the bogey? We might Was be. he waiting for the bogey train to come back before we he came think. back? Because if that's when, the case, I feel responsible for three years of turmoil. When the bogey train was, was uh, you know, on a break, there was no Ricky Fowler success. Bogey yeah, train's so back. Because bogey train Ricky's started as a radio show spring of 2019 when he was good. That was his last um, win was 2019. Yeah, there was a there was a brief comeback during April of 2020, but that was COVID, so it didn't matter if he was playing good or not. And then I never put those pieces together. But here's here's why this one deflated me so like I think more than it did for you. So what it shows me is his golf game is back like it's actually back to where he was in 2017, 18 and 19, I think. Like hit uh maybe even, you know, 2014 through 2019. Like he uh from balls from a ball striking perspective maybe not quite all the way there with putting even though he made everything he looked at day one um like he's he's completely back the 
the problem is I'd be more optimistic if it's like, okay, well, this was just because he hasn't been in the mix on a Sunday a lot, you know, in the past few years. But this is the same exact kind of performance that he he would put up even when he was in the mix in majors back then, I feel like. If he was in this position. Uh, for example, Aaron Hills, a uh, very similar week that week to this one. Uh, he was the first-round leader after going really hot in the first round. Um, he kind of cooled off a little bit after that, and then, uh, but was still in the mix going into the final round. He was at ten under. I think he was only two shots back or so, and then just had a completely lifeless performance on Sunday at Aaron Hills, um, kind of like he did this week. Uh, I mean, he just is a different. He just is a different person mentally on Sunday for whatever reason, when he has a 54 hole lead yeah, and it's, it's, he's just, I don't know if he needs a sports psychologist or what, but he, he plays like a completely different person when it is the final round and he has the 54 hole lead. And I don't remember what major they were talking about this. um, But there was a podcast I was listening to and they, there were a couple of people that had talked to Ricky and they asked him, you know, are you satisfied with your result in this major? Like he was in contention, didn't get it done. Don't even know what major it was. Uh, but he was like, you know, I, I stuck to my strategy and that's all that matters. And like hearing that quote and then looking at what just happened it gives me this feeling that's like, okay, he that was probably a strategy is just to play really conservative. Like Thursday, Friday, and even Saturday, he's playing pretty aggressive. You know, you look at that that four and a half footer on 18 on Saturday that he lips out. I mean, that's typical Ricky, like hammer the putt in the back from four feet. Right. And it's not and, even just that like he's playing aggressive. It's that even if it's not like an aggressive shot, it looks like he's swinging with conviction. Yeah. Like he's like the first three days. It's like, okay, I'm freaking, I'm Ricky Fowler and I'm really good at golf and I'm going to hit great golf shots. And then on Sunday, it's just like, he's absolutely like steering. And, and yeah, Sunday, Sunday is just like, you know, there's, there's no confidence. There's no, um, like there's, there's no aggression. I, I hate to say the word aggression, but like, you know, when you look at putts, he was just like, you know, trying to die everything in. Like the putt that he missed on 11, that par putt. I mean, if that was on Saturday, like that's, he's going to hit that with some pace. And it just like, you know, crept yeah. up to the hole and missed. It, there was just nothing. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's like he, it's like he shows up on Sunday, just kind of hoping it's going to happen rather than like, I'm going to go take this. Yeah. You know, it, it, he just yeah. like, you know, first three rounds, he just felt like he was so in control and, and then he puts on that orange and it's, he's, it's just a completely, he just feels like a totally different player. Here's what needs to happen. Ricky needs to stop playing well in rounds one through three, because he doesn't win tournaments if he's leading through 54. 
okay, yes, because every time he has a fifty-four hole lead, like Golf Channel goes and like shows, you know, his his career, like when he has the the fifty-four hole lead or co-lead, his it's record not, is it's ab- not a good it's, record. It's abysmal. It's a it's terrible atrocious. Record. Yeah, and and two of them, uh, he's never. I don't. There's one time he has shot under par when he had the fifty-four hole lead, and that was the CJ Cup in 2021. He shot one under in the final round, and the winning score was 25 under. Secondly, do we need to get rid of the orange? Dude. Do you think of his biggest win on tour? No orange in sight. I know. It's it's just... And the thing is, like, when... You know, he's shown flashes of like brilliance down the stretch in some of these tournaments where he's had really good finishes and hit just unspeakably clutch shots. But it's when he's been coming from behind. Yeah. It's like when he's when he's right in the lead, it's like he just plays himself out. Like he was out of this golf tournament after five holes when he was the 54 hole leader, like on Sunday, like for all intents and purposes, after he bogeyed five. He, he was he was already out of it. Like that is just it's that's just, like, just tough. It's like he just doesn't. I don't know. Like if he just thinks he's out of it earlier in the round, like walks into Sunday and he's five shots back. He's like, oh, I'm five shots back. Like I'm if I win, I win. If I don't, whatever. Well, and, and then he plays concerning. well and gets himself into a playoff or wins it. But then when he's actually in contention, he's like. Well, what the hell do I do? Well, yeah. And it's also been concerning because, you know, all the good finishes he's had this year, like there's been a couple times he made a he made a run early on Sunday and kind of got himself in the mix. And then as soon as he does that, then it's like just fall apart mode from there. So like at Farmers in January, he had he birdied three of his first four on Sunday uh, to get to within like a couple shots. And then played atrocious after that. Um, waste management. He got a freaking ace on the seventh hole, which got him within like one or two shots at the time. Proceeded to bogey the next two holes. Um, Memorial. He uh, was three under through 12 on the day. He was within one shot and then played awful after that. I know the course was playing really hard, but it's just like... It's like, does does he have the mental fortitude to win these tournaments? It's like, it's a question that yeah, that's I'm, the- I'm I'm not I'm not certain the answer. And with professional golf just being as talented as it is right now, I mean, to be able to show up to a major, you have the lead. And like, you know, John Rahm didn't have a good week. Scotty Scheffler's not putting that great. You know, like all these other guys are not having a good week. Like you, you, you have to take advantage. You, you just have to, because I mean, Cam Smith is probably going to win the open. I mean, you, you know, like a lot of these guys are simply more talented than Ricky. And so it's hard to even imagine that many scenarios going forward where he could even be in that, in, in a position that good again. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. And I guess the only, you know, the only hopefulness I can point to is that there's, you know, there's random guys that win majors all the time. Um, and 
On top of that, you look at a guy like Phil Mickelson, he didn't win his first major until he was, you know, in his his later years of his career, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Ricky, I mean, he's 34. He's getting up there in age, but I would say he's still probably got five or six years of yeah. probably truly his best golf to have a chance to win a major. And I think right now, like you said, he's playing his best golf since 2019 and, you know, probably close to his best golf of his entire career. And I think all it's going to take, it's maybe something like what happened with Scotty, something that like what happened with Wyndham It's just going to take one win. And I feel like it could just open it up. Um, you know, just to build that confidence back up that he can, you know, close out a tournament and that he can win a tournament. He hasn't won in four years, which was something that the coverage loved to point to. And even before that, his first or his last win before that was 2017. Yeah. So, it's just, I, I ultimately like at this point, like back early in his career, you know, I had, I had a lot of higher hopes for him, you know, hoping that, you know, he might be, he might someday get like two, three, four majors, you know, and have a hall of fame career. And at this point, it's just like best case scenario. He gets his, like his one, like kind of seems like best case scenario is he gets like the Sergio, like, okay, finally he got his major. And then that's going to be about it. Cause Sergio hasn't contended in a major since then really. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, it's kind of just hoping that he gets that Sergio moment of finally he got his major. That's kind of how it feels to me at this point. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think he's going to definitely win one. Um, you know, if I had to put betting money down right now, I mean that's a that's does, a big statement. Does Ricky Fowler win a major? I my answer is yes. Um, I mean, you look at guys who have just came out and won a major, and this is like last ten years. Uh, you know, Wyndham Clark just won one. Uh, Hideki, Bryson, Shane Lowry, Gary Woodland, Francesco Molinari. Sergio, like you mentioned, Jimmy Walker, Danny Willett, like Jason Duffner. Like, these are guys that Ricky and his game are better than or could be better than. Yeah. Like, it's it's all about putting it together one week. And, I mean, if you look at the first three rounds this week, Something similar to that with a little bit more, like you said, conviction, a little bit more confidence in round four, a better game plan. And, you know, it's a whole different story. He put himself behind the A-ball early. Uh, you know, his just iron play was was terrible. Like, that was exactly what we got at, at Zozo on Sunday. He I was just know. dialed in all yeah. week. And then Sunday, his iron game was awful. I don't know how, if you add it all together, he's at 2.9 plus 1.7, so that's 4.6. 
plus 1.1. So 5.7 strokes gained for the week approach heading into Sunday. And he throws it all away in one round. I mean, it's just, it's an outlier statistic. Yeah, it's, uh, but I continue to stay hopeful. So, yeah. So I'll be, uh, by the time Hoylake comes around, I'll be, I got a, I got a good feeling, uh, about him at the Scottish open too, to be quite honest with you. He, he uh, likes the Scottish Open. He played low key pretty well there last year, even when that was you know when he didn't even know how to golf still. Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah. One, I feel I feel pretty good about Ricky across the pond this year. I can't after all after all that stuff I said. Finally, made it through our U.S. Open list of things to talk about. Most of it, I know. Anyway. I know. Do we even talk about the rest of it that's on our list here? Because this has been going. Yeah, here's what we'll say. Uh, coverage was s- terrible. I'm just I mean, I'm I'm sick of Zinger. I'm sick of a lot of them. Like I it, I don't get how we can go from. I feel like watching the U.S. Open like ten years ago was really cool. You had the music and it was like da 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 da, and you're just like pumped up. It's the U.S. Open. It was sweet, and the coverage now is just it's terrible. Every Dude. three minutes is a playing through commercial that if you are not watching on NBC and you're trying to watch on the cock, you are just absolutely screwed that you can't watch playing through. And then you come back and Rory's standing there with his putter in his bag. I mean. Yeah. You know, sometimes I go on you YouTube. Zinger. To see if- Zinger is just God awful. I cannot listen to that guy anymore. The one thing about NBC and the U.S. Open, it's the best. It's the best theme music in all of sports, mm-hmm. uh, for my money. You know, so I'll, sometimes I go on YouTube and see if anyone clipped the intro. Uh, the the one from last year must have gotten removed because there was one from Brookline, um, and I didn't find one from this year. So then on my phone, I tried to screen record uh, when when the coverage on Sunday started on the cock, and uh, it didn't let me. Hmm. So, uh, cause I wanted to, I wasn't going to put it on YouTube. I just wanted to have it just so I could go back and watch it. And cause that's the kind of weird sicko I am. Yeah. And, uh, it wouldn't let me screen record. So apparently Peacock doesn't, doesn't allow you to do that, which I get why they would do that, but it just kind of bugged me. Um, and then it's just really annoying how the coverage, like they they'll just hear like one little thing and then just completely run with it. Like they might've heard oh, one time, like Wyndham Clark's caddy say like, be an athlete and they mention that every the single entire time. rest of the round yeah every single just, shot this is what he's gonna do here be an athlete it's like someone mm, man it's like and good grief give it a rest on top of that the putter thing they said it three times on the first green yeah it's like it's, it's tough we get it zinger he copied ricky's putter we can freaking see it on the coverage yeah. Did you know that there's big houses near LACC? Did you oh, and I bet Sunset Boulevard is probably nearby too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I Goodness just, gracious. Do we talk do we talk about the plane or <laughs> I to be honest, I've heard I've heard that on golf uh, on golf broadcasts for a long time now. 
And why did it just now start being a thing? Like, I feel like I, I like, I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention or if I was tuning it out. I don't remember hearing a plane. No, like I, the people were like mentioning that it's like, I've been hearing that sound on golf broadcasts for years and years. I, I kind of don't get why it just finally became a thing this week. Maybe it was worse than others, but I thought yeah, that was but a I did little see bit weird. Somebody tweeted a picture of the plane. Uh, Cause there's like the flight tracker thing. And it was really funny. Just right over LACC. It's just circles where the plane was flying. That was, I it, yeah. Was I didn't know if that was a meme or if that was, no, real. that was real. Oh yeah. Wow. Um, well I saw that it was, um, it NBC's was advertising playing? for high noon. Oh really? So I don't know if that was a meme also, but it was Goodness. funny because the no laying up guys, they're sponsored by high noon. So they were like, you know, super pissed about the plane. And then one of them was like, I think it's a high noon plane. And then they kind of got a little silent after that. Yeah. So it was a little bit funny. Uh, I'm going to do a, a quick run down the leaderboard. Uh, Tom Kim, top 10. Um, that I heard the no laying up guys talking about it. Maybe one of the most overrated guys ever. Um, who? Tom Kim. Yeah. Tom him. Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't Shoffley. think we have time to go down the leaderboard this, no. this time. Xander Schauffele, uh, the other guy that shot 62, finishes at three under. Abysmal weekend. John Rahm, top 10. That's it. Patrick can't play. No top 10 for you. Oh, no. Oh, no. What? It's an epidemic. Golf WRX has spotted at least four players testing a new Odyssey jailbird at the Travelers. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. Oh, man. Um, Very quickly, so talking about biggest disappointments, I want to segue this just into the Ryder Cup talk uh, because after this week, we kind of, you know, there's one major left. The major points for Ryder Cup are doubled. So things kind of start to situate themselves a little bit. Uh, with this victory, Wyndham Clark makes a jump to number two in the U.S. rankings, uh, which should get him an automatic spot locked up, which looks like the auto locks as of now are Scheffler, Clark, Kepka, Shoffley, Homa, and Patrick Cantlay. Um, so... To be quite honest here, after Brooks and Wyndham winning the last two majors, I don't see a way Ricky makes this team. That's here's where we we talk about it here. Uh let me let's load here a little bit, computer. So we got the top six. We've got Jordan Spieth. We've got Cameron Young at eight. We've got Sam Burns at nine. We have Morikawa at 10, JT at 11, Kitayama at 12. And then Zalatoris, McCarthy, English, Fowler, Finau, and we'll go down to Chris Kirk at 18. Um, Sahith at 19. I think Sahith has no chance now. I think Sahith is out of it. I think Chris Kirk is out of it. He was never in it, let's be yeah. real. So, I mean, we're looking at looking at whose potential captain's picks – Okay, How so you... first of all, let, let's let's figure out who that's not in the top six is a lock to be on this team. I think Spieth. I think Spieth is. I was thinking Young. He's playing like garbage lately. I think we have to start asking the question about Cam Young. 
I think um, Sam Burns. Sam Burns is going to be on that team. Morikawa, 100% will be on that team. Unless his back keeps flaring up. There's that. Let's let's Can skip Justin start? Thomas for now. Okay. Because I want to talk about him. No, I don't Finau. think you... I don't Finau. think you can put Kitayama in. Kitayama will not be on that team. Zalatoris is hurt. Zalatoris will not be on the team. Do we, Finau? What I mean, Finau is down at seventeenth. He's going to be on the team, right? I think it's like it's like that meme from Star Wars, right? Tony Finau is going to be on the team, right? Yeah. Here's what I mean. If we're looking at the team as it stands right now. What I'm thinking is the number 10 in the rankings you take, you take 11 and 12 out and you probably replace them with Ricky and Tony. So that, that brings us to our next point. JT, Justin right? Thomas. Do you, is I it, mean, is, I don't think it's time yet to ask that question. I think at this it, point, he's still a lock. No, it's time. Sorry. I, the guy just he beat three people this week i know and which is weird because last time we talked about this it was like okay what could possibly happen that jt you know would miss this team and it's like oh he misses the next however many cuts by a million and it's like oh okay i didn't say to do that yeah JT. like i mean and i've heard rumors that there's maybe some sort of injury going on as well um which I think, I, I mean, think if there's question, an injury, obviously, I don't think he should play. I think right now, right now, if it was between Cam Young and Justin Thomas, who do you take? Well, how's Cam Young even playing? Not great. Trust me, I've had him on my DraftKings way too much. I, I want to look at Justin Thomas's PJ Tour profile from this year. Justin Thomas is like outside the top 70 in FedEx Cup. He's 78th right now. So his recent, if we're going backwards on finishes, cut, cut, T65, T14, T25, cut, T10, T60, T21, T20. Fourth at the Phoenix Open, fifth at the Hero World Challenge. I mean, dude. And it's like... If we're talking about barely missed the cut at the U.S. Open, that's one thing. Like, Jordan Spieth missed the cut at the U.S. Open. That's one thing. But he missed the cut by 11 shots. He shot 81 in round two. Like, that's just... That's not a guy I can justify just being an auto lock. At this point, I still think he is. I can't. Um, it's it's still hard to imagine not having him get picked. I think Tony Finau is a lock too. I think. I think as of right now, I'm kind of scrolling down a little bit more just to see if there's any other random. Okay, so if I'm looking DJ. at yeah, DJ's up there. So you could make a case for DJ over Ricky. You could. The problem is I don't think Zach Johnson is going to captain's pick a live guy. I think if a live guy is on the team, it's going to have to be an auto qualify. So that basically basically means if DJ doesn't win the open, 
he won't be on the team. And I'm not saying that's the way it should be. I'm just saying that's what I think will happen. I think if you're between JT and Ricky right now, I mean, do you go with the guy who can't play golf or do you go with the guy who's playing the best golf of his career and having probably one of the best seasons he's ever had? Did we, we don't even, we never even talked about the merger on an episode, did we? We have not. Oh my gosh. Yeah, breaking news. Uh, we did not have an episode last week. Live Golf, uh, the PIF, and DP World Tour announced a merger. Or not Live Golf, PGA Tour. And yeah, PIF, there, you go, so. there you go. I don't think we have time for that one. No, we do not have time for that. Ludwig. That's not who I want to look at. I want Ricky Fowler. So anything else on the Ryder Cup situation? I mean, it's a ultimately, it's a good problem for, the, for Team US oh, to have. It's a really but, good problem. Dude, they they should absolutely shred the Europeans. Like Dude, something just, has oh gone completely God. wrong if they don't destroy them. Ricky's played 13 events this year. Or no, 18 events. 13 top 25s and 18 events. Seven top 10s. A lot of them are back doors, but... His recent I mean, finishes. Stands, yeah. T5, T9, T6, miscut at the PGA, T14, T15, T10, T17, T13. His last 10 events... T5, yeah. His last 10 events are all top 20s except for a miscut at the PGA. Yeah. Like, this guy is just on an all-time heater. And even going back before that, he finished T31 at the Arnold Palmer. Three more top 20s right before that. I mean, this guy is just playing unreal golf this year. And he's going to win a tournament by the end of the year. All right. Um, major. Anything else? Do we uh, even talk about the two-man? We played like crap. It was a tough couple days. It's still fun. Still one of my favorite events. Uh, We finished, what did we finish? T30 something? Yeah. T35 or T32 or... I think it was our worst finish in two-man history. No, I think we might have finished worse in our first one. Did we? Somehow we still don't don't know how to play basketball. I don't... That doesn't make sense to me. We just don't make enough birdies. But... How do we make more birdies playing Chapman than we do in best ball? You got half as many chances. I don't know. I don't know. We eagled our final hole of the tournament. That was the highlight. That was really cool. I And uh, it's actually really cool for me because my shot actually mattered. Yep. Hit, uh, it was off. Oh, yeah, I absolutely pounded that drive, and then you hit a pretty nice what, – what iron did you hit a, in there? Like I had seven? a seven. Seven to like 30 some feet, probably. And they double breaker. Like, yeah, 40, 30, 40. Big long putt, double breaker. Yeah. Walked Man. in. So, yeah, huge putt to bring us from probably like T50 to T30 something. Um, I guess, other note quickly uh, at the start of the year, uh, one of my goals was to get back to scratch. Currently sitting at a point seven. Uh, after dropping a 73 on Sunday. 
which I mean, so be it. I'm still terrible at golf, but it's a different story oh. for a different day. I got a USGA qualifier coming up, uh, the USAM. Um, that's next week, so who knows if we'll record before then. Probably not, but maybe. We'll probably record while we're playing. That should be an interesting one. For some reason, the first time I played the course, like it was just like, oh my gosh, this course is really hard. And then, you know, I kind of went back and thought hole by hole and – Oh, there's some, uh, there's some birdie chances. Like the first, what's the, first the course nine, called? Dakota Ridge, it's like spelled kind of weird, like just like Dakota Bank. So like D A C O T A H. I just um, typed Dakota Bank. Kind of looks like a cool course. It's a really cool course. Um, you know, you just gotta. The back nine is a is a pretty is pretty tough actually. Oh, that's a lot of water out there. Oh, nice I, little bridge. I actually shot better on the back though, but it was basically because the front nine I was playing like a had a certain appendage growing out of somewhere. Which one's which hole's one? One is a really short par four. Like one is a birdie hole for sure. Like, is it a dog leg kind of to the left? Yeah, it turns a little bit to the left, not much. Fairway bunker or no fairway bunker? Fairway bunker, yeah, on the left, okay. but it's it's carryable easily. Okay, so I was just trying to figure out which hole it was from Google Maps. Yeah, like I hit a I hit a I had like mediocre contact on my drive, like kind of heel strike, and I had I was like. 20 or 30 yards from the green. I mean, in general, the course, granted, this is Google map view. Like can't see grass length or anything like that. It seems pretty straightforward. Like it kind of seems TBC twin cities ish. I think TBC twin cities is easier. Really? Yeah. What about it? Just um, there's just uh, some uncomfortable shots out there. Uh, some some tee shots that are just weird sight lines a little bit, and yeah. uh, some approach shots where you just don't have a lot of room. Yeah, I can kind of see and, that. And it's like the bunkers. There's just a ton of sand in there. So if you get an approach shot that has any sort of spin on it and it lands in the sand, it's going to plug. Don't hit it in the sand then. Yeah, that's the goal. But you just have to, I mean, you just have to pick a line and make confident swings. This hole looks sweet. 90 degree dog leg par five. Hole five? Or I don't know what hole it is. 90 degree dog leg par five. How do you know it's a par five? Well, because it just looks long. Trying to think. Is it 18? 18? Yeah, it looks like it could be 18. 18 turns 90 degrees to the left. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably it then. It's a sweet, just like it looks like the tee shot's down to shoot. Kind of, yeah. And then there's that the river that's up the left. Yeah. Yep. 
Is it a par five? Yeah. I hit four wood off the tee, big just in the left rough, like I was right next to the cliff where it falls off. And I hit seven iron long for my second shot. Long of the green? Well, it was it was a front pin, so I was long of the front pin in that bunker. How far um, is it to like this like this fairway bunker that's out here? Fairway bunker. Yeah, there's a fairway oh. bunker around the corner. Oh. Around the corner. Oh, like on the left side? Yeah. Uh that's I mean you can't you can't carry the the river from the tee box. Oh. So like you kind of have to and I guess I didn't have to lay up. I, I could have hit driver to try to get up there farther to have more of a view. But it's just Well, you know what they yeah. say? Hitting a wood off the tee is worthless compared to hitting driver off the tee. Sometimes. Straight from Adam Young himself. I don't even know who that is. That's a podcast I've been listening to. Uh, uh, do we want to talk about anything else? Uh, we recapped the two man briefly. Uh, TGC tours. I haven't even been playing, so we have nothing to recap there. Okay. Um, we talked to Ryder cup Canadian open shout out. Was it Nick Taylor? Yeah. Uh, that, that was, that was one of the greatest finishes ever. Um, but that's uh, like old news now. Travelers this week. Ricky's going to win by 40. I don't even care about the Travelers now. I think Sahith is going to win this week. Really? Okay. Yeah. He got, I think he got second here last year. Uh, last double bogey, double bogeyed right on the last hole, end up losing. Uh, I like Sahith this week. So you can, uh, you can remember that one. Uh, Jenks says Ricky. I just, I don't see it. Coming off a heartbreak. I don't see it. TPC River Highlands, right? Yep. I, I like nice. this course. What was the tournament they used to have at the Greenbrier? The Greenbrier. That was good. Who's Ricky play with this week? He's featured. I think he's with Matty Fitz and Colin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, Matty Fitz for sure. Um... That's Carson Young, not Cameron Young. Matty Fitz and Colin. Teeing off at the same time as another featured group, Brian Harmon, Lucas Glover, and Eric Van Royen. Holy. That is some firepower. Oh, my gosh. Back these. If you were at this tournament, you could just station on a hole and have three straight really good groups come through. Matty Fitz, Colin, and Ricky off at 1130. Finau, Raman, Scheffler off at 11.40. Victor, Rory, and Tom Kim off at 11.50. Tom um, Kim. Goodness. That I wonder is, what Joe Scavron was thinking, seeing, seeing Ricky absolutely tearing it up the first few days. He was probably fine because he was probably like, hey, Tom, Tom. Kim just finished like the exact he was same. Probably like, he was probably like, hey, Tom, watch what's about to happen on Sunday. Ludwig in the field this week. He's playing with Zhe Cheng Du and Sam Bennett. Yeah, a certain uh, Todd Schuster is not thrilled about that yeah, pairing for one, Ludwig. One Tron Carter does not like that pairing. Did you see Sam Bennett shave the uh, the January 6th goatee last week? Sure. 
Speaking of, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not, I'm not even going to go there. Speaking of Sam Bennett or speaking of January 6th? Doesn't matter. Sam Bennett plus 25,000 this week uh, if you want some good betting. No, he only shows up for the first two days of majors. Yeah, what did he shoot? He shot 60. Did he shoot 71 or 69 on? Uh, he was like five under through two rounds. Yeah, I, he was kind of a shocker. Xander in the field this week, too. Early tee time. Ooh. Defending champ. Playing with Keegan Bradley. Who's the favorite in the field this week? I don't know. Ricky is Brandon. plus 33. Uh, we have officially uh, Ricky is more expensive than JT in DraftKings. Robert Streb's plus 75,000 this week. That's good betting odds. John Rums plus 1,000. Scotty was plus six or plus eight? Plus 600 for Scotty. Should we wrap this up? Yeah, let's wrap it. Uh, final and, final thoughts on the U.S. Open. Uh, I don't know. Best part of the week was probably just the theme music. Extremely disappointing, deflating result for, for me. Trying not to let that cloud my overall thoughts of the USGA, who I'm still at odds with. Close and, personal uh, friend. Mike Wan and LACC. It's just all it's just all got a sour taste at the moment. Uh my six way play this week for the travelers. I got Sahith, Matt Kuchar, Tom Kim, Sung JM, Victor Hovland, and Brian Harmon. You should just pick an entire Korean team. Bam feel pretty good about that lineup to be quite honest with you but yeah u.s open it's always a fun event uh quite honestly behind the masters it's my favorite event um see i yeah. may be a turncoat but i like the open more than the u.s open i like the u.s open more like i, I don't know why i don't know if it's waking up earlier I don't know if it's at the open radio. I don't know what it is. I've just always loved the open. At the open radio absolutely slaps. Dude. There he is in his green trousers. Live at the open radio. Just legendary, dude. Honestly. All right. And yeah, you've been listening to Live at the Bogey Train. Episode 34. Thanks for tuning in. This might be time. episode 36 by now. It's been so long. Yeah, this counts as 34 and 35. I just got stuck in a bogey train. Mm-hmm.